Hey, I'm Stu, and I'm excited today to be continuing our series called Life to the Full. Jesus tells us in John 10, verse 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And as Mark Knight told us last week, we're gonna be exploring how we can grab hold of that full, rich life that Jesus has promised us. So you can go back and check out his intro to our sermon series. We are gathering around this topic as a whole church, right from our kids program, our youth, our students, um, our connect groups. And I think it's really exciting that our whole church family is thinking about this. I believe that there is abundant joy and freedom that the Spirit wants to release in our church community from the youngest right through to the eldest. Today, I want to talk to you about having life to the full in an anxious world. We're probably living in what's the safest time in history with where medicine is at, with where technology is at, with the structures and resources that we can put around us to ensure that we're safe. However, there's been a ton of research done recently that shows we are the most anxious generation in recorded history. Back in April, 2014, I said yes to joining a team that was planting a church in Malaysia. I'd had a few chats with some guy called Miles. Um, I'd met the, the church planting team a couple of times. And subsequently, I'd felt that this is what God was asking me to do. So I picked up the phone. I called my girlfriend, Abby, and I said, hey, um, I think God's asking us to plant a church in Malaysia. Should we get married? Let's go. So. Within a few weeks, I'd handed in notice to my current job. We'd convinced our families that this was what the right thing for us was. I'd proposed to Abby, and we'd agreed to move 10,000 kilometers across the world. Anyway, we had a great week celebrating our engagement with our family and friends in Ireland. But over time, I began to process internally what was happening. And I suppose, what was going on was worries were beginning to slowly creep into my mind. Things like, what if I'm not good enough for this? What if we don't like it? What if we're homesick? Where will we live? How will we feel? What if we've made a mistake? And these worries, they almost began to like stack up one on top of each other. And I pushed them down and I tried to ignore them and I tried to distract myself from them. And then, I had to go back to work, I had to go back to reality, right? So we ended our week of celebrations and I flew back to London where I was living at the time. And that night when I got back, I was sitting in my apartment on my own and this tidal wave of anxiety crashed over me. I felt like, you know what, I, I don't think I can cope with this. I don't think I don't think I can do this. Fast forward eight years, and I'm sure you figured out we did do it. And it's been one of the greatest privileges of my life. And I am beyond thankful that God has allowed me and Abby to be part of this incredible community. But I was so close to removing myself from the plan. My anxiety and my worries almost robbed me of stepping into all that God had for me. You might be watching this today feeling crippled by anxiety, or perhaps you just have like 
a low-lying sense of worry which leaves you feeling on edge quite a lot of the time. Or maybe you aren't an anxious person. Maybe you don't worry about anything, but you probably love and care about someone who is. The Bible talks quite a bit about dealing with anxious thoughts. And I think it's really important that we talk about this today because our anxieties can have the potential to block the incredible plans that God has for each and every one of us. There's a parable in the book of Luke, chapter eight. It's the parable of the sower. And Jesus, he describes these different types of soil on which his seed falls. And the soil represents our hearts and the seed represents his truth. And in one of these analogies, he talks about the seed that falls among the thorns. And he says this, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. The worries of this life can choke out the truth of God in us. They can stunt us from maturing and growing in him, and it can have real implications on our faith. However, don't worry, because there's good news for us today. We have access to something extremely important. We can have a peace that passes all understanding. We can take hold of that peace for ourselves, and we can offer that peace to the world that we live in. I think it's really important to say that we use the word anxiety to cover a broad host of issues, including some very real medical issues. And there is value in seeking medical help if your anxiety has reached the point where it's affecting your health. It is sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do to get medical help. And this isn't about either spiritual help or medical help. It's actually both and. You know, in the same way that we would seek medical help for a physical ailment, we also may need to seek medical help for our mental or emotional health. Anxiety is a common experience that we all face in lots of different ways and to different degrees. But I believe that the peace of God is for all of us. And I'm believing that today, no matter where you place yourself on that scale of anxiety, you can experience God's peace today. Let's read our passage together. We're looking at Philippians 4, and we're going to read verses 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Let's just pray together. God, how we need your peace today. 
would you, by your spirit, come into our lives? Would you reorder our hearts? Would you renew our minds? Would you speak to us? Would you work in us so that we may be filled with the peace that transcends all understanding? Amen. The Apostle Paul is the writer of our passage today, and he's saying, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. He's saying, apply anxiety to no thing in your life and apply prayer to everything in your life. Now, if I'm being completely honest, this advice, I find it a bit annoying. <laughs> it's a bit simple. It's maybe a bit unrealistic. I'm a relatively anxious person. I worry about quite a lot of stuff, whether or not my chicken is cooked properly, or perhaps if I'm on an airplane and I hear a strange noise, I most likely am gonna assume that we're crashing. I worry about my health, then I Google it, and that leads me to worry even more. I find from personal experience, worry isn't a switch that we can just turn off and feel fine. There isn't a life hack for getting rid of anxiety. And in fact, in our passage today, we read that we have to practice it. Verse nine says, put it into practice. And what Paul is getting at here with this letter isn't so much of um, a scolding us to push stop on anxiety and press start on prayer, but it's more of an invitation. This is an invitation. It's an invitation to release anxiety to God and embrace relationship with God. That's ultimately how we will experience peace. Let's look at verse six together. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. Everything is the subject of prayer. There aren't certain areas of our lives or certain worries that we have that we can't pray about. And today there might be something niggling in you that you're worried about, but you think it's too small. God doesn't care about that. He's got way bigger fish to fry. Well, that's a lie. We can release our anxiety to God because He cares. We read, present your requests. And in some ways, it's that simple. I love how some other uh, versions of the Bible put it. They say, let your requests be made known to God. He wants to know. My wife and I have a three-month-old baby, Arthur. Uh, here he is on screen, very cute. But he definitely makes his requests known to us frequently. It doesn't matter what time of the day it is, or as you can tell from my face, what time of the night it is. He lets us know when he needs something. And you know what? We're so glad he does. We want to meet his needs. We want to respond to his cry because we're his parents. We love him and we have a relationship with him. Let's be honest. God knows what we're worried about regardless of whether we tell him or not. Yet, he waits for our participation with him through prayer. 
When we release our anxiety to him, we're actually embracing him as our heavenly father. We're letting him meet our needs. We're saying, I want to be in a relationship with you. What we also read here is how we can release our anxiety to God. And we do it with thanksgiving. This whole passage, it's part of a letter that Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. And really the whole letter revolves around joy. We even read it in, in our passage today, verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. And you know what? I think it feels like quite an interesting start to a passage which is talking about anxiety. And just to be clear, Paul wasn't exempt from anxiety. Two chapters before, we read about Paul having a friend who is sick and Paul wants to send him home so that he is less anxious about him. Paul's joy didn't come from ignoring his worry or from focusing on positive vibes. His joy was built on a deep confidence that he can trust God. God knows what he's doing. And we can take our anxiety to God with thanksgiving because he's strong enough to deal with it and he's loving enough to want to. Today, whatever you're carrying, anxiety about your health, your job, your children, your parents, a spouse, a lack of a spouse, it may feel really heavy to you but it is not too heavy for him. It might terrify you, it doesn't terrify him. What happens in this exchange of releasing our anxiety and embracing who God is? Well, we read in verse seven, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace is possible. What is the peace of God? Like, what does it actually do? Is it just a momentary feeling of relief from worry? I don't know if you caught any of the Queen's funeral, uh, Queen of England, a couple of weeks ago. It was fascinating to watch. We were watching it live stream, uh, the 10 mile queue around London of members of the public who wanted to see the Queen's coffin and pay their respects uh, in Westminster Hall. And people queued and then they filed past the coffin. But what caught my attention were the officers protecting the, the Queen's body. They stood upright, they were focused, their eyes forward at all costs, protecting their Queen. And at one point, one officer, he actually, he fainted. He fell on his face. I think they had to stand for quite a long time. And the other guards around him, they didn't flinch. They didn't stoop down to help. They didn't run over to pick him up and check he was okay. Their role was to guard and to protect and nothing was going to get in the way of that. Verse seven in our passage says, God's peace guards our hearts and minds. And the word guard, it, it really evokes a, an image of strength, of resilience, relentless protection. And that's what the peace of God does for our hearts and for our minds. I'm wondering if we could sometimes be mistaken to think that peace only comes as a result of worry being absent. When in actual fact, peace is a gift that we receive 
that stands guard over our hearts and over our minds, despite whatever is going on around us, in our world, in our circumstance. Peace is anything but passive. The Greek word for guard in this passage finds its origins in the word for wise. You know, in an age of distraction, of lies and identity crisis, so many of these things fueling anxiety, we need to know that God's peace brings wisdom and clarity and truth. The wisdom of God protects our minds and it stands guard over our hearts. We need to believe in the power of the peace of God today. It is worth having. We can ask the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us with the peace of God. Um, we can do that anytime. And we're gonna do it actually at the end of our service together. Let's keep looking at our passage. Let's look at verses eight and nine together. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think. The pandemic played a part in highlighting the importance of our mental health. And culturally, there's a big emphasis more recently on taking control of our mind and dealing with our thought life. Mindfulness is a bit of a buzzword at the moment. Uh, mindfulness meditation apps have become a multi-billion dollar industry. You know, people from all over the world have recognized the importance of trying to achieve a calm, focused mental state becoming aware of the present moment, acknowledging our thoughts and feelings and how our body feels. Marjorie Jacobs is a professor at Boston University and she says this, mindfulness is so popular in our society because we have so many distractions and pressures on us. We have a lot of stress and our minds are all over the place, she says, and it's really distressing. Our world moves at a ridiculous speed. The pressure to hustle, the bombardment of 24 seven news, advertising, comparison on social media. This world can consume us, can infiltrate our thoughts and pull our minds in a hundred different directions. And mindfulness isn't new. In fact, meditation has been a spiritual practice within the Christian faith for thousands of years. So as the church, we actually have a lot to offer the world in this area. And the Bible, has a lot to say about our minds. Romans 12 verse two speaks of us needing to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Second Corinthians 10 verse five um, speaks of us bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Colossians three tells us to set our minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And James chapter one even warns us that a double-minded person, so someone with an unfocused mind, uh, it causes us to be tossed around like a wave at sea. The word anxious in our passage today comes from a Greek word, maritzo. It means to be divided, to be split into factions, essentially to be distracted. I don't know about you, but when I'm feeling anxious, my first thought isn't to focus, my first thought is to avoid. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, get out my phone, I'll, have a scroll on social media. I'll turn on Netflix and watch some rubbish TV show. I'll take a nap to avoid my life. I'm distracting myself from my distraction, which obviously just gets me trapped in one big vicious cycle. 
The good news is that this passage doesn't provide another distraction technique. It tells us what to focus on. And if we're to live life to the full in an anxious world, the focus of our mind matters. Jesus talked about worry. In his Sermon on the Mount, he says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And throughout this, this part of this sermon, he goes on to explain that our Father in heaven will supply all our needs. And what's really interesting is that as he progresses through this, he lifts our eyes from the worries of this world and he directs our attention to his kingdom. He ends with this, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And I think that's what Paul is reminding us of here. God's kingdom. Verse five says, the Lord is near. The kingdom of God is near. And we need to focus our minds on kingdom things. Whatever is true, noble, pure, lovely, admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. He isn't inviting us to participate in a mindfulness exercise. Paul is inviting us to change our mindset, to reorientate our thought life around the characteristics of God, the attributes of his kingdom. We can experience the peace of God in our lives when we release our earthly perspective and embrace a kingdom mentality. It sounds good, right? But what, like, what does this look like day to day? How do we actually practice it? Um, well, there's obviously, there's not one way to do it, or I think Paul would probably have outlined it. And I'm pretty sure it takes our whole lives to learn and grow in this. It sounds really simple, but I find just listening to worship music really helps. Even if we don't feel like it, something shifts when we have the truth of God playing in our homes and the words begin to fill our minds. It's hard to explain in the natural, but it really makes a difference. As part of this Life to the Full series, we're creating some additional content, which you can check out on our YouTube channel. Um, and in that, I'm gonna be guiding us through one very simple practice that I find helpful when it comes to this. And once that video is available, we'll put the link in the description box below. If you're watching this live, it's gonna be out this week. Um, and you can check it out along with all the other Life to the Full content. Finally, it's really important to remember, we don't do this alone. We're in community. We're created for relationship. It's actually how we flourish. Relationship with God, but also relationship with one another. And this letter is Paul writing to a group. He's not just writing to one person. He's encouraging them in the context of community. He even says a few verses earlier, chapter four, verse one, he says, my dear, dear friends, I love you so much. I want the very best for you. You make me feel such joy. You fill me with such pride. Don't waver. Stay on track, steady in God. When I think back to that time where I shared where I was hit with that anxiety around the decision to get married and move across the world, when I was feeling confused, when I was overwhelmed, it was people that helped me through it. It was community. I booked a flight back to Ireland from London. I just wanted to go home 
to the place where I belonged with the people around me that loved me. And it was the wisdom and care of people like Abby and my family and my friends that sat with me in my fear, but lovingly pointed me to the truth, to the bigger picture. They helped lift my eyes from myself and look to God, to his character, his kingdom, his plans. This is the beauty of the church. We help one another, but it doesn't stop there. We don't keep this piece inside the four walls of the building. We take it to the world. The church can be a non-anxious presence in a very anxious age. Verse five in our passage says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Some translations use the word moderation or patience. Um, and in a divided, angry, opinionated world that demands us to take sides and have the right thing to say on every single topic, what can we bring? Moderation. We can bring patience. We can offer peace. And ultimately, what we're offering isn't a principle, but it's actually a person, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. At the end of Philippians chapter four, Paul writes this, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And our greatest need, well, it's been met, it's salvation. Jesus knows what it feels like to be overwhelmed. In the Garden of Gethsemane, just before the cross, he had a very physical reaction to stress and worry to the point where he sweat drops of blood. But Jesus didn't let his anxiety hold him back from stepping into the plan that God had for him in order to save this world. He released his anxiety to his father and he embraced the will of God. And because of his death on the cross and his resurrection three days later, every single one of us can have relationship with God and can have the peace that passes all understanding, not just for today, but for eternity. Peace is possible. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, would you fill us, fill our hearts, fill the room that we're in right now, wherever we're watching this, Lord. Would you come by your Spirit, we pray. Just as we would often pray for healing 
uh, for our physical bodies. We can also pray for healing for our minds and, and for our emotional health as well. And if you are watching this today and you suffer um, with anxiety or some other form of mental health issue, I would just love to pray right now for healing in Jesus' name, that your mind would be at peace, that internally you would be at rest. So let me pray for you. If that's you, just receive this prayer. Let me pray. Father, I thank you so much that you give us peace. I thank you that you're the Prince of Peace, Jesus. We pray that right now, in Jesus' name, anyone uh, suffering um, from anxiety or from um, any type of mental health issue, Lord, we just pray for healing upon our minds. We pray, God, that you would send the light of your love into us, your healing power. We pray in the name of Jesus that we would be well. Amen. I also have a sense of someone watching and you have a lot of anxiety surrounding a big decision. Um, it's not dissimilar to when I shared about making a big decision to move to Malaysia. I sense you have anxiety around a, a decision and it's a geographical move. Um, and the Lord, again, he just wants to bring peace to you today. He wants to lift your eyes up to him and to remind you that you can trust him. He knows what he's doing. If that is you, please do get prayer today. Um, you can either click request prayer or if that's not available, you can visit our website, htbb.org forward slash prayer and some, someone uh, from the team will pray for you. Let's go into a time of worship. And as we worship, let's release our anxiety to God. And let's use this worship song to help embrace his truth, his word, and his love for us today. Let's worship.